Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, everyone. Welcome into Jay Bird Watching, recapping the last week that was in Toronto Blue Jays baseball, where we had Canada Day and Independence Day over the weekend for all of our Canadian and American friends and listeners. I'm with Adam Corsair and Craig Borton, and you know me, I'm Brendan Panikar. How we doing tonight, gentlemen? Hasn't been too kind in Blue Jays land lately, but we keep it in decent spirits. Team's broken. <laughs> Team's broken, and apparently our ratings are up. Tell me that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because people like people like to to hear the uh, the venting of frustrations. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Hunting for solace in other people's mutual suffering. <laughs> yeah. That's I think so. so popular, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's how yeah. it is, right? <laughs> yeah. It's actually more boring, Twitter, when your team does well to a point because yes. everybody's happy and yes. there's no fighting or arguments. But I would prefer that than what we've had uh, the last couple days, especially. And we'll cover all of that as we but go. You make it sound like this team's been running like a finely tuned oiled machine all Ooh. season and that's so not the case to begin Far with from it. Far from <laughs> it. it's uh sorry i said it luckily they built up a nice decent cushion for a little while and can afford a little bit of a slump but considering the start they got off to last week craig and adam where they started the week four and one including a taking two out of three from the boston red sox um it ended as a four and four homestand, losing the last three games against the Rays. And then again, last night losing against the Oakland athletics where they got Cole Irvin, uh, and they jumped all, all over Alec Manoa, uh, which is always shocking, but let's start with the Red Sox series. You guys recorded last Tuesday while I was at the game, which is why I wasn't able to make it. Um, shout out Taylor for the tickets. They were awesome. Um, and nice and close to see Ross stripling go another five good innings. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Adam, why don't we start with you? Obviously incredibly disappointing, uh, the way the week ended, but it was nice to see them continue their somewhat dominance this season over the Boston Red Sox. I'm pretty sure the Red Sox have only won three games against the Blue Jays this year and the Jays have won every other matchup against them. Gosman got right on Monday. I'm sure you guys covered that on Tuesday. And then Ross Stripling continued to do what he did. And unfortunately, they dropped game three very, very closely, might I add. But, Adam, does this give you hope moving forward, or do you feel that they can continue this sort of dominance over the Red Sox because it hasn't been overly competitive in this series? And does the Red Sox now up a game and a half in the wildcard standings for wildcard one kind of make you a little nervous, or are you more than confident that Jays will right the ship and once again pull ahead of the Red Sox? Um... I, I have confidence that they can do that, but being up a game and a half isn't really that daunting, especially when you consider like the Rays are only a half game behind us mm-hmm. right now. Um, and w- when you dig a little deeper, the fact that we're, you know, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Rays, 13, 14 and a half and 15 games behind yeah. the, the Yankees, is sort of inconsequential. We're just chasing a wild card right now. So, um, 
I think they have the ability to pull ahead of the Red Sox. Um, I don't know if you caught last week's episode, but I think Chris, Craig, and I were in agreement that uh, the division is just out of reach. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, so chasing a wild card is the Blue Jays' best bet right now. When you examine just the, the Red Sox series, which seems like an eternity ago, um, there's a lot to be confident about. And you're right that that last game ended in extras. They were very close to to winning that ball game, and it mm-hmm. re- literally came down to the wire. Um, so, when you have a competitive uh, series like that against a team that's you would conceivably think would be neck and neck with you in a wild card race, you should be confident heading out of that. Just that series, right now. When you couple the the, the Rays series, okay. which I know we're going to get, and uh, albeit just one game against Oakland. Uh, there's a lot of concern there. But if we're just going against the history against the Red Sox, how we performed against the Red Sox, it was good. It was good. And, you know, that, that game that you were there, um, that must have been a fun game to watch for sure. Yeah. Was that the, the Vladdy walk-off game? Yeah. Yeah, that must have been fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Craig, how about you? I, I think it's hilarious that we're even where we're at right now, and it's all because of injuries and all this cr- terrible craziness that has been you know, manifesting behind the scenes and people really not being fully healthy and maybe coming back a little too early, some of those kind of things. It's the Ryu situation, unfortunately, folding mm-hmm. out further on and like the ideas like spread around, right? Um, I thought it was interesting you guys were talking about the record and where we stand, and I was something popped into my head while we were talking about that and where we were at the point where we... I, I do see us as a better team than the Red Sox, and that's even saying the fact that they're going to get Chris Sale back here in the next two weeks or so and a few other guys that are going to help them, you know, obviously continue to be what they've been. The Red Sox are getting destroyed by the American League East. and yeah, they, they are holding themselves up by playing out of their division. So the, that already right there ranks us because you know we're just going to bludgeon them I hope and so are the Yankees and the Rays and even the Baltimore Royals who are sneaky impressive this year are going to make us that look that good I think down the stretch and the Red Sox are going to be put in the hot seat I think more than us because we've been playing really well within the division it, minus the Yankees <laughs> we've been playing 500 ball against the Rays we've been destroying the Red Sox and the and the Orioles so Great. If we split games with the Yankees like we've been doing, it's not a problem. Um, and to that point, the Yankees have the best run differential in all of baseball at plus 162. So their record is legit. I'm, I'm, nobody's going to argue or contest that. The thing I thought that was really interesting going through all the rest of the standings, there's only two other teams that are at the ballpark run differential wise that we have and actually have an above 500 record. And that's the Tampa Bay Rays and the San Francisco Giants. Both those teams, in my opinion, are going to make the playoffs, and they're going to find a way to sneak in. The other teams that you're looking at, that same rough run differential that we are, have had more bad luck than us, which I find hilarious because, you know, last week. <laughs> but that game against the, the Red Sox, they did everything they needed to do in that Red Sox series. It was a little heartbreaking that they coughed up the last game, especially, like I said, coughed up. Um, but that game that you got to see, Vlad doing what Vlad does, and that was the last good game I feel like we had. <laughs> so, um, but I really do think, that, all right, yeah, I'll give you that. Canada Day was really good too, where they just yeah. bludgeoned them, yeah. but yeah. Um, there was that. But that, as far as a collective whole, they put everything together in that game. Yeah, they fought back and forth a little bit, but that was a 
typical Blue Jays game, in my opinion. So they got to keep blood or beating up on the Red Sox and uh, to keep their place in this division, I think is what's going to really come down to keep beating the games with the Orioles split games with Tampa, hopefully not like this past week, (laughs) but yeah, good stuff. Then yeah. again, you don't play five games against somebody usually in four days, so I'm going to chalk that up to part of the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, without a doubt. It's, uh, look, in the heat of the moment after that series concluded, even though they lost on Wednesday, um, I was happy with two out of three against the Red Sox. I was honestly worried going in, just because they were kind of scuffling a little bit, that they would be lucky to take one game. Um, and luckily... Correct me if I'm did. wrong, didn't they win seven games in a row, the Red Sox, before heading into that first game against us? I think you're right. I think so. So we were to stop on that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So they stopped them and actually stopped them in their tracks for the most part. And Boston was very lucky, Adam, as you said, to get away without being swept in that game uh, or in that series by the Blue Jays. It was so close that comeback on Wednesday night. <laughs> it was uh, it got the heart racing a little bit and thinking of the possibilities. But oh, yeah, I was dying on my couch. I don't know what you were doing in that ballpark. I'm surprised you made it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I had to drive an hour and a bit to get back home after the game. Um, now that I live out in the burbs. But uh, yeah, it was a great game to be at. And a great series overall, because I think that gave them some confidence and that clearly bled over into the start of the race series. And let's turn our attention to there now, particularly with two individuals uh, that I want to go over. Yusei Kikuchi comes out of nowhere after a string of horrible starts and dominates the Rays lineup over six innings. He finally located his fastball, and when he locates his fastball, it sets up his slider beautifully. Um, And it gets down to what made Robbie Robbie Ray successful last season. You command the fastball, it sets up your off-speed and breaking pitches to be able to start carving up a lineup. So, Craig, Yusei Kikuchi moving forward, he goes tonight... Uh, against the Oakland Athletics, uh, against Adrian Gonzalez, I believe is his name. Um, and he's not very good, uh, but you say also hasn't been very good despite his last start. Oakland, again, has the worst record in the MLB. The fact that Kikuchi just came off of, I would say, carving up a raised lineup and now has an opportunity against a weak Athletics team, can you see this as hopefully a stepping stone for him moving forward to get a little bit more consistent as the season goes along? He needs to treat it that way. Is he should be able to beat up on them a little bit to the point that there's not a ton of thump in that Oakland A's lineup. They know how to score runs. I will give them that. Um, it's just not to the point of anywhere that they're going to be relevant to the, you know, sneaking in on the AL West standings. But um, this is a team, don't forget that, won how many games in a row the first few weeks of the season? I know that's April. The really? They were really good. And um, they've fallen off a cliff since, obviously, they've been, you know, fighting with guys going up back and forth between the minors and um, playing the hot hand, playing uh, what I'll say, raise ball before they really, you know, yeah. picked up and became a pro, you know, perennial playoff team. Um, but it, he's got to continue, like you said, locating the fastball and it can't be just fastball slider. He threw his change up in the splitter just enough, I think, during that game. Was that the other two pitches he was throwing? I yep. get if, that he was mixing in that were just enough to keep hitters off balance. Um, I think it was Siddle that was talking about that during the postgame show, that having that third pitch just to be able to mix in with that great fastball that he's obviously figured out how to control a little bit and to the point where he's obviously using it more like they wanted him to do. Get, get away from the cutter. Just keep throwing smoke. And that worked out really well for him against a very tough race lineup and with some guys that are really damn hot in that lineup too. And, and 
Isak Reyes and um, Harold Ramirez, former Blue Jay, funny enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that worked out pretty well with us trading for him for uh, Florida Marlins pitcher, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Adam, Jose Barrios on Friday comes out. You know what? He gave, again, it's kind of been the same story. This, I would probably say this is one of the first starts he's had since maybe early April, where it's been very in between. It wasn't bad, but it also wasn't good, I would say. I mean, he won the game um, for what it's worth. Pitcher wins and losses and the records and whatnot. But five innings, I think I saw eight hits, um, mixed in a couple strikeouts, a couple walks. So it was still a little dicey for Jose Barrios. He wasn't in command, I would say, from the little bit that I did get to catch and then watching the rest of the box score. What did you make, if you got a chance to see the game, uh, yeah. of Jose Barrios? And looking back to what Yusei Kikuchi did, moving forward, who do you trust more to finally establish some consistency between the two? <laughs> That's a loaded question. I got to pick one. All right. Um, Just a little bit. <laughs> like glass half full or not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start with the Canada Day question. Um, I think the... Unlike opening day, Jose Barrios took advantage of the moment, um, took advantage of the a packed house, um, took advantage of what the day means to uh, the city and the baseball team in general. Um, it's always a great atmosphere, so it's really hard, I think, to not get caught up in that. I mean, fuck, when I went up there in 2013, Ari Dickey won a game against the Tigers, and this was a lineup with Cabrera and Fielder at the time. Um, yeah. So uh, I think being a little awestruck by it all probably worked to his benefit, but still only five innings. Um, look at the line right now. Eight hits, two earned runs, only three strikeouts, two walks. Yeah. It's not good. Um, so I, the offense really carried that game for him. So uh, I think a lack of, I don't I guess stress is the word to, uh, to be on the hook and to be the guy to really put it away, probably uh, helped him out as well. So in this instance, in this vacuum, you got to be satisfied with it. Now, moving forward, uh, is, this, is he pitching in Oakland? Tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, if anything, the ballpark will help him. Sure. Just being so huge. So, That's what um, I was just thinking. Yeah, so like, here. <laughs> that might work to his benefit, but it's the contact that I'm worried about. Craig, you mentioned earlier that the, the A's are a sneaky, good-hitting team. Um, so it's just whether but or that's not... that's the name of their game, contact. Yeah, <laughs> it's whether or not they, the Blue Jays can, can alleviate, alleviate that defensively. So I guess in that regard, I'm leaning Kikuchi um, because I'm not necessarily sure he relies as much on the offense to perform as much as Barrios has. But I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like having to lean that way. I, I don't like either. I, I shouldn't say that. I'm not comfortable with either at this point. There's only one pitcher on the staff right now. Only because Gosman's hurt. Yes. Um, it's only Manoa. Well, to that and point, he might not list a start, they're saying. So that's kind well, of interesting. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I really don't get it. Because <laughs> I would just, I don't care. It's a marathon, not a sprint. He's missing a start to me, but that's how I see it. He should. And you know, like, it, uh, we're talking about Manoa real quick. He did, I don't want to say he got lit up, but I think last night was the first time he really got touched up so far this season. Right? Well, yeah. It, it was probably one of his, if not his worst outing, and it wasn't even awful. No. no so. Not at all. 
he's really the only one I feel confident in because he hasn't had a bad start, whereas Gosman has. Yeah, he had a good stretch there where he was unfortunately not doing so great, but then he figured out what he needed to do. So, yeah, I tend to agree with you that I'm scared about Barrios still, but it was very encouraging to see what he did. Kikuchi has been up and down and all over the place. I give you 50-50 if he has a good day or a bad day at this point. I don't know if I'm going to get that right now with Barrios. Yeah, yeah. So less than 50-50. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's my point. Yeah. And by, and you guys know that I'm, I love Barrios. Yeah. I still think he's going to be one of our better pitchers. Um, I just, right now he's clearly in a, a rough spot and he's just got to figure out how to dig himself out of it. I'm trying to find it because yeah. So I'm looking at Jose Barrios's baseball savant page and I believe somebody called this out on Twitter a couple weeks ago that the spin rate on all of his pitches are severely down compared to what they've been in years past. And that's translating into the lack of strike strikeouts per nine. Like, which is slightly know, odd because at the end of last year, when he came over, it wasn't anything dipping. Was it? Yeah. Or at least I don't remember like, having that. 9.56 last year, K per nine, 9.71 in 2020. We kind of forget about 2020, but he's had really good seasons where he does strike out about nine batters, nine and a half mm. batters per, per nine. Um, and this year it's down at 7.24. So if he doesn't figure that out, I'm wondering if that's leading to more home runs because his home run rate per fly ball is the highest of his career. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Like, Craig, I'm in the There's same a lot of math in there. We've uh, we've both been in agreement that Jose Barrios is um, one of our favorites and a guy they need to rely on moving forward. And it's hard to do that right now, considering how bad it's been. So as of right now, just based on what Kikuchi looked like on Thursday, I have him ahead of Barrios in terms of my confidence level. It's not by much. And that can very easily change depending on what they both do tonight and tomorrow with Barrios going in the afternoon. Um, So we'll see what happens. Uh, All I know. Adam and Craig for these last two games against the Oakland athletics. Speaking of those two getting the ball there must win. And we'll cover that in a little bit or make our record predictions later. So we'll save that for them. I think we should talk that series because right now there is some, you have that and then you have the quasi home field advantage battle coming up. So it's a chance to get on track. Yeah, let's hope so. Anyways, it was uh, at that point, look, blue Jays were riding high four and one. Uh, on the homestand, and you're thinking, okay, they've taken the first two against the Rays. They have a doubleheader with Kevin Gosman going. I know it was against Shane McClanahan, but still, uh, guys who can match each other pitch for pitch, uh, run for run, inning for inning, going up against each other. And then, you know what? I'll be perfectly honest. On Saturday morning when I woke up and it was going to be Thomas Hatch getting the start, I didn't expect much. And in doubleheaders, especially against the Rays, you hope for splitting that and then maybe take the final game. But unfortunately, as we've kind of teased already, Kevin Gosman somehow did not shatter his ankle uh, and lower part of his leg. And Adam, they, or he said after the game, he attributes that to wearing his high cleats uh, (laughs) that gave a little bit of padding, which he says did not (laughs) shatter his ankle. Yeah. Exactly. So I used to wear those cleats. There's not there's not shit there. I broke my foot in one of them. <laughs> yeah. So Adam, moving forward for Kevin Gosman, we've kind of started to open up this conversation a little bit. Thursday is his next scheduled start. He might make it. He might not. From what he was saying yesterday to the media in the pregame, um, 
seems like they're going to be cautious with him to not push it. What would you do if you were the Blue Jays? Knowing that, I mean, you look ahead. This series against the Mariners is actually becoming a bigger one, especially if the Jays drop a game uh, tonight or tomorrow. So what do you do with Gosman, knowing that you still have over half a season of baseball left? Do you start him, or do you take it very, very slowly? I would personally sit him. I'd skip the start. The problem is, is that your options after that, you're going to run out hatch again. I... No, thank you. Personally? Yeah, I, I agree. Hatch ain't the answer anyways, and I think we all can agree with that. Who did they call up for the second game during the, day, the doubleheader? Because it wasn't Hatch, obviously, as they it's called Lawrence, him up the following day. Lawrence was... He was Lawrence, up for the first game. I no, thought. Lawrence pitched instead of Gosman. When Gosman came out, Lawrence came in. Yeah, so he was there for the first game. Yes, yes, he was there for the first game. It was a pitcher, um, I know that. Anyways, was how I was shocked that they didn't bring Hatch up for that second game as the cover my butt after the Gosman injury, and then pitch Maximo, or, yeah, Max Casillo the next day. He's earned a shot, is my thought, especially, you know, Casey Lawrence did pretty good in relief, but he got off to a rough start. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that Castillo's earned a chance to pitch multiple innings, and it was shocking to me that he was a starter in Buffalo and in New Hampshire this year, too. And then it's like, just bring Hatch up. Don't worry about it. Bye, Max. <laughs> yeah. So, because Max was the one that was the alternate move for uh, Hatch coming back up. Um. So. So huh, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the guys that they have brought up. Um, I do know yesterday they made a roster move. It was Anthony Banda. Um, yeah, they sent down Matt Gage, right? Yeah, they yep. sent down Matt Gage. Um, but at I, least I they would... sent down Matt Gage because honestly, yeah. he's actually impressed me enough to keep trying him out there. Um, I I just to answer the the initial question, I don't I don't necessarily think that it depends on what happens tonight, right? And I know this is yes. like me playing fast and loose with the question, but the Rays are right now gotcha. beating Boston by a game. So you need Boston to technically win so long as the Jays win. Mm-hmm. So if the Jays win tonight and you can, so that would put the Jays ahead of Boston by a half a game, right? Or would it, would it tie them? Because they uh, lose to the Rays, so that's a game. Behind them by a game. No, put them no, up a half. half. A game. Sorry, Jays are one and a half back of the Red Sox. Right. So if the Red Sox lose tonight, they're a, a full game back, right? Because that's a division game. Yeah. And if the Jays win, they make up that half, so they be they be tied. No, because the Jays would be well. The Reds. Sorry, are you saying if the Red Sox win or lose? If the Red Sox lose and the Blue Jays win, they'd be tied. No, because the Red Sox would still have one less loss than the Jays. That's right. Yes. Okay. So I think if, if that's how it plays out, if the Red Sox do lose and the, and the Blue Jays win tonight, I think you can sort of afford at that point to, to, to rest Gosman for, for a start. I don't love it, but you sort of have that cushion. And the, the Mariners are, I mean, you look at the standings where they second in the division. Mm-hmm. But, again, just kind of like the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and the Rays, look how many games behind they are, uh, Houston. So I, I would just – I'd play it safe 
you have way too much riding out because if if something's wrong and you fuck up Gosman's ankle further, yeah, you're screwed. You, you might as yeah. well. I don't want to say sell, but you might as well like just kind of ride with what you got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. even say that. I would just say, do nothing at the deadline. Just ride with what yeah. you got. So can I be this guy then? Yeah, go ahead. I'm looking at the Bison schedule, and usually they are pretty good about having their you know at least two days out on pitching. They don't have anybody announced for pitching this whole week. They don't. They play a doubleheader against Syracuse tomorrow just to be that guy. And they have nobody announced to pitch tomorrow as of this moment. So how much do you think in this equation tonight going into tomorrow, pending roster move is playing into that much of that? I would think it's playing it a lot if they haven't announced the pitcher for that doubleheader yet. Mm-hmm. Because that's talking about bringing somebody like Hatch, because Hatch, or well, not Hatch is still on the roster, right? Castillo, maybe Casey yeah. Lawrence. Did he get mm-hmm. dropped down, or is he still with the team? Or no, I think there. Lawrence is still with them. I would think he's in that ballpark right now. He's going to get a start possibly if uh, they don't go with Gosman on Thursday. And right now, I'm going to be this guy. I want to see him pitch on Gosman bobblehead day, so I want him to pitch the following week. <laughs> so. Yeah, I would rather just we need him healthy. If we're going to have any damn chance in hell of doing anything with this, he needs to be one of our workhorses. And if you're just going to rush him out there for the sake of beating the Mariners and then watching him get hurt a week later to not be here for the rest of the month, especially, you know, it's not helping anybody. They have to make sure. And I'm not saying handle it with kid gloves, but give him a week. Just see how it feels after a week. What's missing one start when we're already having as much fun with eating innings as we are right now. And to that point, we're going to get Garcia back. This bandit kid just joined the team. There's some other new arms in that bullpen that, I, you know, are going to need some innings. So let them eat some innings, throw Casey Lawrence or Castillo out there and just hope you get what the, what you get the best out of on Thursday or fuck, throw them both out there. Yeah, yeah. With that. <laughs> so let Arash, Arash Danny just said Gosman threw off a of flat ground for 15 minutes, nothing off the mound. On what is the scheduled um, bullpen slash side session day? Can't see how he starts Thursday in Seattle, and I tend to agree with that. Yeah. I think we're all in alignment. He like and Rob Longley twenty minutes ago posted a video of Gosman walking out to where he was going to throw the ball, and that's a very noticeable limp. I retweeted both of them on in my Twitter okay. feed. Um, it doesn't. It didn't look good. Um, I mean, still, at the end of the day, thank goodness it was only a contusion. And no contusions can last a little while. Um, but they escaped disaster, to be perfectly honest. If you lost Kevin Gosman with how, you know, you, you're not going to go more than two times, maybe three times max through a lineup with Ross Stripling. So you are lucky to get six out, six innings out of Ross Stripling when he goes out there. And luckily, he's done that fantastic. But after that, it's very dicey outside of Alec Manoa. So they escaped complete danger with Gosman, and you might as well not risk any further damage. Like, what happens if he went out there and started on Thursday, or even next week if he's still not fully ready to go? Comebackers happen. Like, yeah. I don't want to say. <laughs> it could hit him again. You never know. Uh, it's so, honestly amazing that more of that kind of thing doesn't happen. Oh, I and know. It, it still shocks me that they gave the you know the gay players the options for, like, the helmet-padded <laughs> thing and that lasted a whole hot minute and (laughs) nobody did anything and uh, we live in a generation of baseball where exit velocity is king 
and yeah. nobody's thought about protecting the pitchers yeah. at all. But they have. <laughs> the pitchers just don't want to wear it. Correct. That's what it is. Valid point. Valid point. Yeah. You know? and yeah, that is a very noticeable limp. Well, I can't say it's a limp, but he's definitely like mindful of what's it. going on with that oh, foot. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Anyhow, I mean, they were up one nothing when he left the game. And then yes. Lawrence pitched all right for a little while. And then it went to shit later on um, when the Rays poured a couple on in the fifth inning and then added a couple more. So they lost that game 6-2. And honestly, there's not really much point in going over Saturday night's game, as we kind of discussed. That was Thomas Hatch, and it was not good. And he has fallen off a cliff since 2020 when he actually looked really good. Um, out of the bullpen for that a little while. So that brought the Jays to four and three on the homestand. And you know what? As long as you went out there and took Sunday's game, you don't feel so bad. But the Jays were rocked by tragedy um, on Sunday um, when Mark Budzinski, the Jays' first base coach, found out that his daughter passed away in a very very freak accident i'm not going to say what happened specifically that's out there if you do want to read about it but just absolutely horrible and the fact that that happens um uh, there's no words to describe that she's only 17 years old um there's a ceremony before the game uh on sunday as well he found out saturday night i'm guessing um mid game so terrible 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 news that the blue jays had to deal with and I'm not saying that that's what happened on Sunday in terms no. of it was definitely going through their heads, I'm sure, because it's clear. Like, I'll be honest, Mark Budzinski to me, I didn't know how, like, loved he was because, you know, he's the first base coach. Outside of that, I don't ever see him in the dugout. I don't ever see him really talking to anybody, mainly because the cameras focus on the game. But Apparently him and Mark Shapiro have been friend, like really good friends, like borderline best friends for 25 years. And him and Charlie Montoya have known each other for a long, long time. And he's developed several deep relationships with players uh, and others within the organization. So, I mean, with heavy hearts, they went out on Sunday. They debated not even playing Sunday's game, Charlie Montoya said, just because that's how much the tragedy had rocked the organization. I don't know if you guys have any words you want to say about the accident or just any thoughts you have when that ran through your mind um, or anything in relation to the game. But it's, we would be foolish to not bring this up and just extend our condolences to the Budzinski family. So I don't know if any of you want to take that and run with it or whatever, but definitely have to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Craig. Go ahead. I was just more or less going to say, I, I feel like they probably were all feeling pretty damn gutted at the point in this whole thing. They're about, one of their better friends is obviously going through a tragedy in his life. Something that, you know, obviously not the proper time for somebody that young and it's heartbreaking. And uh, my, my thoughts and prayers go out to the family for the Budzinski's. And so. Go ahead, Em. Yeah, I didn't, I, I'm not the, the person really to give much content on this and i know we're a podcast so it it kind of defeats the purpose but um i refuse to read anything about it i refuse to do any sort of research on it uh i have two daughters so i don't want to put myself in that position that i have to uh envision myself and what i would do um this is exactly 
not I shouldn't say exactly, but it's very similar to when Kobe died. And I heard that, you know, right. the his daughter was with him. And all I could think of was like, what do you do? What do you do as a dad? What do you do? You know you're going to die. What do you do? Um, so and that sort of rattled me then. And so for this, for him to not even be there and just hear about it secondhand and like have to deal with the aftermath of that, I can't even imagine. And again, I don't know what happened. I just know, I do know it was a boating incident and she was 17. Yeah. It's tragic. Yeah. So I don't, condolences is not it's it's just so cliche now. Yep. And not that I'm not ragging on you, Brennan, at all. Like I, yeah. I know, I know. This is all we can do is give condolences, right? Um, yeah. But like thoughts and prayers right now is just not enough. And uh, I, I sympathize. I empathize. I feel for you, man. That sucks. So, um, can't do it justice. That's all I got. I'm rambling at this point. That's yeah. It. No, without a doubt. And I mean. One reason I bring this up is obviously they ended up going on to lose the game, and I'm sure it was weighing on all of them. There is a lot of negativity on Blue Jays' Twitter right now because obviously the expectations is super, super high for this season. And it still feels like the offense hasn't, even though they've been an elite offense for pretty much ever since that Cardinal series, ranking first yeah. in so many different categories, to me it still feels like they haven't hit that gear that we saw last year. Maybe that's because the way the season ended when they were just on some crazy stretch in September um, that got the expectations even higher and the way the pitching staff started this season. But Mike Wilner correctly points out they played five games in the last 70 hours. I mean, not including last night. Then they had a six-hour flight across the continent and then another game 18 hours after landing and play through this unspeakable tragedy. So... All I'm kicking when they're down, right? Right, right. <laughs> so all I say is to anybody who's just getting super, super pissed off. I mean, I know that. I mean, they want to win. Uh, at the end of the day, we want them to win. We know how high the expectations are and what this team can can do. But I to keep things into perspective a little bit. And this isn't the first downstretch this team has had this season. So, you know what? Baseball is a game of peaks and valleys, and there are off-the-field incidents that can contribute to a little bit of a rougher stretch um, combined with some, I'd say, poor uh, pitching on the side of the rotation and the bullpen, and the Blue Jays find themselves at 44 and 37 uh, after that 4-4 four and four homestand. So when you look back, how disappointing is that 4-4 four and four homestand for this team um, Craig, I'll start with you on this one. Considering it started four and one, like, would you have felt over the moon or at least much better? Cause I know I personally would feel much better if that was five and three, you either win one of the Saturday games and then you lose the other two or you win Sunday's game and you can feel good about yourself going to Oakland. So wrap up that homestand in a nutshell, because there's a lot of negativity on Twitter and try to put some positive spin on it if you can. If this team's above 500, here's my <laughs> wonderful gospel of me just being too obvious and blunt about everything like you guys always have gotten appreciation of. They're still above 500, and it can't get any worse than this. <laughs> it just literally, if they're playing worse baseball than this, this team is going to bottom out so bad it's not even funny. And they're the, this is the basement for this team right now. We can't figure out what to do on pitching. The offense hasn't been hitting on all cylinders consistently enough. This team is yet to put something together that's special. And 
whatever that ignition to that whole thing is, is going to happen. And if it isn't worst case scenario, we're just above a 500 level team and maybe they turn it on right in the playoffs. There's nothing wrong with that right now. They have a ticket to the dance. It sucks going on a four and four homestand in uh, that time frame, Like you said, Brendan, but, um, honestly, I'm shocked. We made it through the Red Sox when they came into town as hot as they were. Um, then you come in and have the Rays doing what they were doing and just doing Rays things. And honestly, I'm shocked that we actually split that series for that week at four and four. Um, I was one of the only people last week during the picks to click that actually said we had a winning record record. So <laughs> I guess that's just the optimist in me, Brennan. But to yeah. that point, there is enough good things happening in this patchwork that they've been doing that once they finally all coalesce and come together, this team's going to look like a different ball club. But right now they have to find a way to get some more innings out of key guys. And I think though, that'll be the main lead into a lot of this stuff. And part of that is getting Gosman back next week Yeah, <laughs> and running with it. Yeah. Adam. I think it's an indicator that, um, you can't you can't be satisfied and you can't sit tight mm-hmm. now i Definitely i do I, yeah i do think craig that you touched on a lot there when it comes to the faith we have in this team and i do think they're better than what i think when you look at the overall talent they're better than what they're playing like but i don't know that they're going to show it i hope they do but we're it's July fifth. We're way more than well, I shouldn't say way. We are more than halfway done with the season. Mm-hmm. Sample size is large enough that you can say, I think we know what we got here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The player that has been consistently reliable in terms of offense and defense without I mean, if he's had a slump, I haven't really noticed it. It must have been brief, is Springer. He yeah. is the guy that has been playing just consistently good making maybe this is an insult to him because he is George Springer but he's been making like those Pilar-esque outfield catches in center field and he's been doing it without like hot dogging it he actually needs to do it whereas that just that works outside of April there's just that yeah yeah, (laughs) you know and he's someone that you can sort of lean on and that's no disrespect to Vladdy because Vladdy has been good but we have seen him slump as well we've talked about it on the show um, we've seen Bo slump. Uh, we only saw Cavan slump in April, and he's been phenomenal ever since. <laughs> it's coming back up in May. He's trying to kill me. <laughs> that's not a joke. That is not a joke. Um, he has played better. Got, I will give him that. Since returning, he has an OPS of 911. I'm just putting that out there. Um, just to be that and, guy, isn't that what Kirk's OPS is? And he's played in almost every. <laughs> I, look, I'm just saying he's he's the only lefty we got hitting. Oh no, is there sure is lefty? that. Zimmer's lefty, but he can't yeah. swing. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I honestly you, yeah. think that Zimmer ever gets a chance, he actually will be able to hit. But to that point, I don't want him to have a chance on yeah, this team. So there's that. Either. Go go play uh, go play in Oakland and have a chance. <laughs> I mean, he did a home run for us. In, he fits in his role on this club. You know, I don't want to lose yes. him. He is needed. He is that extra defense, and we've seen that. Oh, my God, right? And yeah. then he is that Dalton Pompey level guy that just can come off the bench and steal three bases and be 90 feet away. And then unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I just, but you I put, think he puts you in a good place to win. Yeah. I think with this team, what you need is you need that jolt. 
And I think that's where you were going with it, Craig. You need that Correct. boost. There's something and, missing. Yeah. And I'm still at the point What's the sauce? where you have to go all in at the deadline. You have because for sure. You know, Chris said it last week. There are going to be multiple teams looking for bullpen help. Multiple Correct. teams looking for arms. In They're going to the have rotation. to get clever. They have to, dude. And sure. I'm going to be, you're going to have to overpay. And this is a big test for Shapiro because you're going to have to, you're being Mark Shapiro, going to have to overpay for something to help you get into the playoffs or help solidify a playoff spot. You're going to have to. Yep. Are you willing to deal out a Manoa, I mean, not a Manoa, a Moreno for a high quality bullpen piece? Because that's, that might be what it takes. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what you do there because there's a lot of options and that dimension. They got Aralvis Martinez crushing it in uh, the minors. They have Are enough you, yep. great talent in the minor league system too. That said, that top end ready for these kind of trades. It's not just Gabriel Moreno. That's oh, I know. my yeah. only point. But it might you, take, like you said, those guys to get to this to happen. It. Yeah. Are you covered? Are you willing yeah. to 2015 this bitch? Yeah, I am, and there's, and it's because we have such a good foundation around that. If you get the rental guy and have to overpay for it to win now, I'm okay with it because you're not losing Vlad. You're not losing Vlad. Yeah, yeah I said Bo Vlad. Yeah, Vlad. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have Matt Chapman another year. George Springer's contracted up to crazy. Everybody's really locked in at this point. You only got a couple of guys you're really worrying about peppering in there. And no maybe holds. one of those guys, yeah, maybe one of those guys that we're talking about here is the other piece if you're getting something <laughs> in a role trade in with an arm and an outfielder or something. You know what I mean? They, they're going to have to get clever at this trade deadline to be able to, like you said, you know, pour a little extra sauce on this to make this barbecue perfect. Yeah. But if we're only a sub, I shouldn't say a sub 500, if we're like 550, you know, at, at the trade deadline, I'm kind of of the opinion, like, don't do anything. I'm sorry. Like it, you, you just sort of hunt and see what you can do because you need your offense to prove it. You need your entire lineup to click and you need your pitching staff to minus Manoa. And when Gosman comes back, you need Barrios and Kikuchi, let's just say it, to perform consistently and consistently better. Yep. You have to. And if you don't, don't make these moves yeah. because you're just, you're just pissing away prospects at that point. Yeah. But to that point, there's some guys that might be on this trade market that might still be a guy you have for next year, too. I, you guys have seen the names are still, floating around. They're guys with two-year contracts left on a lot of them. Yeah, but you still have Barrios for, what, Four more years after this, and you still you're have. Not gonna have you know, Ryu, you're not going to have Ryu next year. You're going to be paying him, but you're not going to have him. True. You're going to get him yeah. in July. So you whatever you're pitcher, I'm going. For, I'm I'm going for a starter. I don't. I I'm. Yeah. I, that's my number one thing right now. I can give two shits about the bat. I need somebody that can eat up innings because I think that's the catalyst of this whole thing, or at least that's so my you, personal opinion. You're looking for your David Price, and it's going to cost you a Martinez yeah. and or a Mourinho. It's that, it's going yeah, to to this point. Uh, maybe it's all those other guys, just like how Jeff Hoffman almost worked out. Yeah, uh, you know, all those guys. Great, yeah. I, I would make a trade right now with Ralvis, yeah. Otto Lopez, and like four other guys to get those guys, and I wouldn't even drop a hat at it. 
I would not think about trading, going knocking on Colorado's door again. Just like, give me freaking whoever. I don't care. (laughs) Here's your prospects. Or Cincinnati. Or even to that point, Baltimore would take some of these guys that are. I guarantee you Baltimore is going to sell one of their starting pitchers come the trade deadline. It doesn't make any sense for them to hold on to them. They're not competing next year or even two years from now. Their their window is in that hoping to click into nailing th- three years from now is my personal opinion with their prospects. If they could get some other guys to line up with that window right now and trade one of those pitchers, I think they're going to do it. And they have some young guys that have shown that they actually could do something this year. Yeah, dude, so. when, you, when I think about the youth <laughs> on this team, and I'm being dead serious, all jokes aside, when I think about the youth on this team, players that matter to me the most that I consider to be untouchable, Bo, Vladdy, Manoa. Yep. Let me start. Bo, Vladdy, yeah, Bo, Vladdy, Manoa. That's it. Everybody else? Yeah. That's For it. Sure. Everyone else is fucking I have terrible. guys I'd like to keep, but I do. I agree with your point there. That In terms of the youth. No touch. That, does, that doesn't include off. Chapman. <laughs> that doesn't include... Yep. Springer. I'm not saying everybody on this team. That means it's a bit. I'm saying yes. the young, desirable players that teams are going to want. So that means Lourdes is available. Kirk is available. Uh, Oscar. Teoscar is available. Yes. Yep. All these players are available because sure. as long as you have those three, you have a foundation to build around. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And you to that point, what's the worst Curtis. case that you put Biggio in left field? And if you didn't get an outfielder back, you've already been loving him, man. <laughs> if that was the difference between you getting a starting pitcher right now to eat innings yeah yeah no oh, for sure and if you guys want even further proof to why this is the direction you had it's pitching 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 is the offense has been good uh actually great uh quietly great still i still believe it's been quietly great and there's another gear missing but the blue jays pitching staff has a combined 6.9 f4 this is courtesy of at the jays kid underscore rhp um, the Blue Jays pitching staff has a combined F4. Sinoa and Kevin Gosman uh, combined for 5.8 of that. So 1.1 for the whole rest of the pitching staff. And the Baltimore Orioles pitching staff has an F4 of 8.4. So your pitching is worse than the Orioles this year. Um, <laughs> See why I was saying go shop over there? Yeah. yeah. So it could be it's, worse. <laughs> it's pitching, pitching, pitching for sure for this team moving forward. And bullpen absolutely is an area of concern. Rotation right now is absolutely an area of concern because, as you said, Adam, I mean, unless you start seeing signs of consistency from Barrios and Kikuchi, you have two holes. And I still consider Ross Stripling, even though he's been so damn good, a hole because yes. he can only go five to six innings. Ideally, Correct. he's back in the bullpen to help the bullpen with how good Stripling has been. So you have openings to be able to add pitching into that rotation. It's getting a little scary. I mean, I can sense some anxiety, some angst, but there's nothing that can turn this around like winning. Nothing's wrong. Winning. Uh, <laughs> just so, win. Yeah, just win. Winning. Exactly. Just win. So they don't like it, play better. Tonight and tomorrow, as we've already said, Kikuchi and Barrios, how many games are you giving the Blue Jays of those two? Like, in my mind, it's must-win. You have to win both of those games. Yeah, They have to, and it's the Oakland A's. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> They exactly. have to win. The fact that we already coughed up the first game is insulting, but I understand completely why they might have and what's been going on. Hey, everybody gets bumped every once in a while. And it, Manoa pitched. He was locating his pitches. I'm sorry to say he got beat by the A's having a good night. 
Just saying. <laughs> so I'm not worried even in half the bits or anything about what's going on in Manoa world. But to that point, the fact that the Blue Jays now have to hurry up and get something going tonight is really what I think needs to happen. Um, they're, they're facing a couple of pitchers the next days, couple days for the uh, the Oakland A's that are in the five and six ERA ballpark. They should be able to beat them up. It's that simple. So um Getting, uh, you know, the pitching that they get tonight from uh, hopefully from Kikuchi and get for Rios tomorrow should be honestly good ways for them to get back into the swing of things a little bit, regardless of the fact that the, they do make solid contact in the A's lineup. I don't think the two of them have the kind of stuff that'll get knocked around as much. But even to that point, Manoa only gave us six hits. Two of them just happen to be home runs. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah. I. Are they going to get lucky like that two nights in a row and knock no, ballparks out of OKC Coliseum? You know, it just doesn't seem proper and right. <laughs> I agree with you, Adam. They have to take them. I don't think they do. I think one. They'll win one. Yeah, that would be a huge disappointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially heading in against the Seattle Mariners in the next series, which should be more or less a home game. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you got four days in Seattle for people to drive down from Western Canada and fly in for that. So, yeah, yes. Craig, you're going 2-0. Adam, you're going 1-1. I think I, as well, I'm going to go 2-0. You win tonight. You win tomorrow. Hopefully continue the good vibes with Yusei Kikuchi. Get some momentum. Yeah, just get that win tonight could get another hot streak going. You never know. Um, and before we record next, there is an off day Monday. So that's actually works out perfectly for record predictions yes. and looking ahead Four games with the Seattle Mariners. Now I went back and looked the probables for this series. Uh, Marco Gonzalez is going to go against TBD, likely not Kevin Gosman, uh, yes. on Thursday night. And Gonzalez is one of their better pitches. And then George Kirby on Friday against who is after got Ross Stripling. Sure. Um, and then Saturday, We'll see old friend Robbie Ray uh, going up against um, Alec Manoa. No, not Manoa. He pitched last night. Who would he be going up against? I forget. I think it's his fourth of July, July outfit the other day. Is why I'm saying, assuming he didn't sign with the Blue Jays. Just saying. Um, <laughs> Did you see Robbie Ray's picture the other day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it would right because Gosman pitched what Saturday? It was Saturday, Saturday right? Oh, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it was one. So Saturday during the, the first oh, yeah, game. Oh yeah, it's Manoa. Manoa on Saturday against Robbie Ray um, because uh, you have Barrio, Kikuchi and Barrios going tonight and tomorrow and then two starters and then it's Manoa again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Robbie right. Ray versus Alec Manoa. That's must-watch TV on Saturday night. Uh, and then that means Kikuchi closes out the series against Chris Flexen, uh, who started on Monday, unless they decide to skip Flexen and go with Logan Gilbert, probably their best starter this year. So that is TBD at this point. So Adam... Looking ahead to this Mariners series, knowing the circumstances the Blue Jays find themselves in, I want to be optimistic, but um, where are you going with uh, this four-gamer? <laughs> Pitching is so volatile. It's so volatile. I feel like a split is generous, and I think the Blue Jays' home away from home crowd is going gonna, is gonna to be roaring. I hope it is. Um, I'm going to go split two and two. Okay. Craig, how about you? 
Uh, I think that sounds about appropriate. As much as I don't want to be the one that admits it, that home field advantage is going to give us a bump, and it could maybe that's even the catalyst we need. You know, yeah. <laughs> they've been having a really, really rough time playing road series this year to the point where, as of today, their record is exactly 500 at 19 and 19 on the road. So, is that what ends up being the tip in the right direction where we finally, you know, pull a 2015 and get some bit more road wins to boost this record up? They're playing well at home, but to that point, you're still only a few games above 500 at home even right now. So where's the balance come in? I hope it really is something that they just get, a, you know, a fire lit under their butts a little bit here this weekend. Take it to the, take it to the A's, go after the Mariners a little bit here and get back on track. So hopefully we can get after KC and the Phillies this coming week. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, the Phillies aren't exactly having a great time right now either, missing Bryce yeah. Harper in that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So wait, sorry, Craig, what was your record prediction for the Mariners series? Split two and two, two and two, two yeah. and two. Okay, that's where I'm going as well. Um, and so that's four and two for me, four and two for you, Craig and Adam. That would four be three, three, three and three, three and three. Yeah, yeah, three and three. Um, okay, Craig, I was not here last week, so. I'll turn it over to you for picks to click. We gave you a brand new Ryu pick, by the way, if you didn't hear the radio show for last week. Yeah, Rios yeah. is now your your new uh, <laughs> your, hey, your new writing candidate and, re- and the uh, <laughs> yeah. fun. Because we know you have, like me, you have a man crush Monday on him. So, yes. <laughs> um, so that did not win. <laughs> that did not win. Uh, Adam, you had Teo. Uh, Chris went bold and did a Gabby Moreno sighting. Mm. And then I had a Chapman. And honestly, guys, that all sucks. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I'm not going to give him KO because he watched a double. Yeah. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. He thought it was gone. Did a tree drop in the woods? So, <laughs> just for that alone. This is one of those things that, guys, I think right now I'm looking at the records. And Chris picked four and four. Adam, you had three and five. I had five and three. That's a no win for me. <laughs> so you both had four and four. Um, um, Chris and we didn't have a record for you. No, Adam had three and five. Oh, so maybe so, we just give it to Chris. If I mean, there's nobody who stood out really last week. Uh, that four. This might be the first time we actually use the tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm good with that. I'll give that to Chris. All right, so Chris would get the pick then, and who was his? Is right in Kikuchi. Kikuchi. Well, that might work out pretty well for him tonight. We'll yeah, see. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's two starts with him too, since he'll go tonight and Sunday. Yep. So he's going to have a right in week with him. <laughs> that might work out well. I didn't so, join last week, so you guys go first. Okay, Craig. Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> just because Tail watched a double. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Now, just because of that, I should pick him right, just to be a dick. Okay. <laughs> you want to be bold and pick that in Oakland? He'll watch a single. Nah. <laughs> no, it'll be he'll be he'll score a single and watch a triple in that ball. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh no, I'm gonna keep Ryan. I'm I'm liking Loris's swing lately. Yeah, it was he's nice been Mr. Consistency. He's been um he's honestly he's been one of the sneaky better players on this team again, guys. Spent two ninety five. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. high. <laughs> so high. <laughs> there it is. So okay, Adam, then your pick. Hmm. Cavan. Woo. Cavan. <laughs> King Cavan. 
I got to commit. You just, you just wanted to actually get his right in pick for a, an actual go. pick for a change. Yeah. Uh, okay. Talk is cheap. Let's go. Oops. Wrote this all in the wrong spot. <laughs> I almost made it so that uh, Brendan picked Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to. He can't win. No, stop that. <laughs> I will go George Springer just because he needs to uh, set the tone uh, these upcoming yeah. games. That will be. They do play better when he plays better. And no, it's exactly. not even just him hitting home runs and everything. It's literally just a perfect statistic at this point. Yeah. So I, I do have to point out with that win. Chris just took the lead with four okay. wins. Wonder. All the rest of us are tied at three. Okay. I mean, I like how close it's it is. It's very but... close yeah. this year instead of one person running away with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah, Kevin Durant's going to be a Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> Do we that's really fine. think that's going to happen? Is there yes. actually smoke to that fire? Yes. Is, it seems like okay. there is. I keep reading about it, and I don't know how much this is like decision all over again. No, it's not a decision. It's happening. It's a trade. It's a trade. It's happening. Yeah, it's a yeah. trade. He has no choice. And right. he said he would. Yeah. His agency apparently says he's open to play for Toronto. Make it happen. Good deal. Well, yeah. and to that point, why wouldn't he want to come to Toronto? He's seen what it, that freaking mayhem it can be if they're a good team yeah. like they've been. He's Bro. the difference between them being a team that tips over the edge or not right now, I think. That spells, that spells Just wins. Tell that <laughs> Chris Broussard to shut the fuck up. I agree. My God, he's wild. <laughs> his he's favorite team, up. his favorite team growing up was the Raptors. That's not a lie. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Kevin no, Durant's true. favorite team he growing up. He said that on the radio. That doesn't surprise me from where he went to school and stuff. <laughs> There's a couple pictures with him with Jay's jerseys on too. Surprisingly mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll double down on that. That was Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in tonight. I know it's not been the best of circumstances with the news surrounding Julia Budzinski and the Budzinski family. So, again, all of our best wishes to the family. That's all we can say. Um, other than that, let's hope the Blue Jays get on a little bit of a hot streak again. Hopefully it doesn't get closer in the standings because it is a sneaky big series coming up with the Seattle Mariners. But to, you know what, lighten the importance, I'd say, take the two tonight and get rolling from there. We'll be back at it with you next week, Tuesday, when we tee up the Phillies and the Royals before we head into the All-Star break. Thank you to Stadium Scene and Jay's Journal. We are the official podcast of Jay's Journal. Thank you, Adam and Craig, for being such great guests tonight. Chris, hopefully we see you back here next week. Understand if that does not happen. But other than that, gentlemen, let's end how we normally do with two claps and a Ric Flair. Ready? Go. Woo! Woo! Let's go. Let's go. go. Get some innings. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.